0: Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to the Fulhamish podcast, your independent voice of Fulham FC. My name is Sammy James and welcome to this episode of Fulhamish Extra where we give you a bit of extra slice of content. We preview the upcoming game. Uh, and talk about some bits on this show that we wouldn't normally on our regular Monday podcast. So on tonight's show, we're going to be previewing Friday night's game against Wigan. Weirdly that it's on a Friday night. It's not on the telly. Um, kind of odd. Uh, really, we're going to be speaking to a Wigan fan called Chris, who is uh, from the Piat at Night podcast. Love that. It's got to be one of the best uh, football club name podcasts out there. Uh, Louis Waldock is going to be giving us a review of the under 23s after their big win over Reading at Craven Cottage last Friday night. And George is catching up with Ian from the newly formed Fulham Disabled Supporters Association. Really great and important work they're doing, and fantastic that we could get them on the podcast today. Uh, just to say that this season, Fulhamish. Uh, has partnered with Football Index and right now you can try out their services A uh, £1,000 risk-free for the first seven days. If you lose any money, you can contact their customer services and they will refund any losses that you have. To take advantage of the offer, go to fullamishcouk forward slash index, download the app using the link on that page and then use the referral code fullamish The offer is only valid for users in the UK and Ireland. You must be over 18 and please gamble responsibly. Uh, let's have a quick look at Wigan then uh, ahead of... Of Friday's match and well uh, they got a big win last weekend against Charlton who have been high flying um, but a very important win 2-0 uh, Dunkley got both the goals for the Latics uh, they are much better at the DW Stadium and that is ultimately where their two wins have both come from this season which was in that last match as I just mentioned but before that they hadn't won since the opening day where they got a big 3-2 win over relegated Cardiff but it hasn't been a pretty start other than that uh, they had four defeats in a row following the win over Cardiff they also got dumped out of the League Cup and then they picked up a couple of credible draws against Barnsley and Hull uh, which kind of put them on track and then obviously got that win over the Addicts on Saturday but certainly what you would believe to be a winnable match for Fulham as I said no wins on the road so far this season so uh, as the word would be Fulhamish, ish uh, if that changes on Friday night uh chan dunkley uh, is their top scorer so far this season the 27 year old center back which kind of explains where a lot of their problems are coming from really not uh, a lot of goals uh, in this wigan side at all only three sides in the division who have scored less goals than them bizarrely i hadn't realized that barnsley have been so low scoring this season i mean they've only scored four one of those four came against us this year and and brentford have only scored five as well maybe i just haven't been paying attention enough to uh, other teams this season but i'm quite surprised to see those low numbers in, in comparison the eight goals that wigan have scored uh do look quite good no massive new uh injury concerns for scott as far as we know obviously the press conference will be today and we will find out i would expect to pretty much see the same lineup that started uh, against Sheffield Wednesday at the weekend, I'd imagine Harrison Reed's gonna keep his place uh, at the base of midfield. The only interesting one will be if Scott decides to change it up tactically. We spoke a lot on Monday's show uh, about Bobby Reed in that um, kind of right channel in the attacking mid and how maybe it's stifling us in attack and maybe we need something a little bit more direct but realistically i don't expect scott to make uh wholesale changes uh and i would be very surprised to see him really uh do anything drastic but certainly i guess after saturday we just need to be a, a tad more direct and carve out more chances yes we're going to have more possession than wigan um we're going to see more of the ball but it needs to be in better areas of the pitch and he, and, and also we just need to be carving out more because two shots on target is not good enough. And I think that this Wigan side will... Um, allow us to have more shots on goal. I guess what you want to avoid is them managing to get their noses in front um, and and holding on but their defence hasn't been that great either this season Wigan so I'd be very very disappointed if we can't get maximum points from this match Uh, but you never know. As I mentioned at the top of the podcast, odd that it's on a Friday night. Uh, It's because Chelsea are playing on the Saturday and, and I cannot remember the last time that this has ever happened really. It sometimes happens in cup matches when we've both have been drawn at home in the FA Cup third round and one of us has to play on another day, but almost never where they allocate league matches on the same day. There must have been some reason why this was just totally unavoidable uh, for the Football League because they always try and avoid this if possible. But yeah, it's meant that we've moved to Friday night. We're not on TV. And I think I've seen a few people online thinking that we are and suddenly being surprised. But cheap tickets, especially if you know a season ticket holder. So hopefully uh, you can still get down there if you... Uh, thought that it was going to be on the telly. Right, let's hear from a Wigan fan. Uh, Dom and Charlie on the Love Sport Radio fan show uh, spoke to Chris from the brilliantly named Pie at Night Wigan podcast. Uh, And they started by asking him how confident he is ahead of Friday night's match.
2: Sort of half confident. Um, (laughs) We we did have a good result at home at weekend, but our, our home form is a lot better than our away form. I don't know, if you offer me a draw now, I'll take a draw. <laughs> yeah,
3: because I think a lot of people are saying about our, the record against Fulham and Wigan and how we haven't lost since I don't know two thousand six or two thousand seven or something crazy. But if I'm if I'm if, if we're talking about Wigan this season, what what do you think when when you have one obviously against China and Wigan? What is the most dangerous aspects of this Wigan side?
2: I suppose counter attacking. We, we seem to be a lot better counter attacking, or we have been, um, and and that's you think that would suit us away from home. But I think. Um, defensively we have been quite fragile up until recently so maybe away games where the home team is attacking us we, we struggle to sort of keep them out and then there's, there's a sort of there's an aspect to us where once that first goal goes in the head sort of drop seems and- to be lacking in a bit of confidence after that. So we're looking at this Wigan
3: side if we, if, uh, from a Fulham perspective who are the sort of most dangerous players that Fulham fans should be looking out for? Uh,
2: there was. Signs signs at the weekend that Kiefer Moore and Jamal Lowe, two summer signings who both both play up front, were building a bit of an understanding. Jamal Lowe went through and, and um, perhaps should have scored. Um, both goals at the weekend came from set pieces, though. Charlie Mulgrew, who he took on loan from Blackburn in the summer, seems to have steadied the defence a bit. And his delivery from corners and, fr- and free kicks seems to be making the difference at the minute.
3: So... If we're looking at Wigan this season, so so what are the expectations for the club? Is it just mere survival, or is there sort of higher aspirations for the club?
2: Last season, we came up with the aim was just just to stay up. We did that. We spent a bit of money in the summer, although not a lot by sort of championship standards, but seven million quid in the summer spent was quite quite a bit of money for us. Um, The top end of the bottom half of the table, I think, is, is achievable and something we should be aiming for. We should be trying to sort of stay away from any relegation battle if we can and, and i think it's a case at the minute of stringing a few results together and trying to climb the table
3: yeah because i went, obviously if you if we take, if we're taking it back what 10 15 years now we were both sort of mm. fairly established premier league sides. is the aspirations for the club to get back to the premier league or they are they sort of accepting that the championship is where they're going to be for the foreseeable future
2: well we, the club was taken over partly through last season by um Hong Kong Consortium, and I'm not having it for one minute that their idea behind anything is to just consolidate in the championship. I think they've got aspirations of having a tilt at Premier League promotion, but I don't think they're of the mind to throw a lot of money at it in one go. I think they want to do it steadily and build up and and then get to a position where where we can have a good go with it.
3: I think that, you know, I've said it a lot of time when it came to Fulham with, with our Europa League run, that obviously getting to the final of that and a lot of the times when, you know, when we got promoted back to the Premier League last season that, you know, we felt like, oh, it's great being back here, but we sort of done the best as we can. Do Wigan fans sort of feel the same, that they've sort of seen as best as they are going to get with obviously the FA Cup win over Man City?
2: Yeah, I think a lot of fans, especially in my generation, I'm sort of in the late 30s now, was never expected us to get to the Premier League, certainly never expected us to win the FA Cup and um, it's there's a, there's a general feeling that sort of we've seen the best days, but then you never know. I mean, the thing was, when we got to the Premier League, the landscape had changed because our owner was a millionaire, and all of a sudden, Abramovich had taken over Chelsea, and, and the landscape had changed in the Premier League, so we knew that we weren't going to be able to compete financially, and I think the landscape is changing the championship now. There's a lot of clubs at the top end of the championship, not only with the parachute payments, but they get these foreign owners come in and run up debts gambling on getting up there, I don't think there's a team that's got promoted recently not many teams sorry, Huddersfield's probably one that did it against the Till, but Leicester, when they went up ran up massive debts on wage, Bill Cardiff had done the same, Wolves we saw what Wolves are doing in the Championship with their owners last year, signing 28 pound players before they went up it it takes a lot of money now to get out of this league.
3: If we if we're looking at the Wigan team and where how Fulham could sort of attack them, what would you say are your biggest weaknesses where Fulham could sort of you know, definitely punish Wigan on Friday night?
2: We seem to be conceding a lot of silly goals from crosses, balls across the box. So if you've got if you've got wingers that will go at our full backs and, and are willing to cut balls back across the box or put crosses in for a decent forward. I don't know whether I've not I've not been following your results much. This summer, but um, this, this season, sorry. But if Mitrovic is, is playing and getting service, then I can see him scoring against us. Well,
1: Chris, uh, it is a Friday night game. Don was predicting a 3 1 win. We want your score prediction
2: now. What do you think? I don't know, like I said, I'd take a draw I'd snatch your hand off for a one-all draw
1: now Well, thank you very much to Dom, Charlie and Chris, of course, from the Pie at Night Wigan podcast Uh, Still a few tickets remaining for our Fulhamish 200 events Do grab them now, fulhamish.co.uk is where you can grab your ticket if you want to watch us after the Charleston game, October the 5th uh, recording a live podcast our 200th podcast, Gentleman Jim is going to be down there and another Fulham guest TBC, hopefully we'll have that sorted Uh, by Monday's podcast to do an announcement. Okay, well, one thing I've really wanted to do on Fulhamish Extra for a while is really start to cover uh, some of the youth teams uh, a little bit more. I feel like on Fulhamish, we're very focused on looking at the first team, um, but we want to start giving you a bit more in-depth analysis on the youth teams because I think we all love it when a new player comes through the youth system and we're currently seeing with Stevie Sessignon and it really gives us a sense of pride and it's good to know what kind of talent is out there and we've seen lots of players over the years kind of playing Carabao Cup matches but obviously the best place that you can catch them uh, is for the under 23s and in the youth matches and well they played in the PL2 on Friday night at Craven Cottage always great when they get a chance to play there rather than at Motspur Park and what a game it was. 5-4 uh, Fulham beat Reading uh, De La Torre got a couple of goals and Taylor Grosdale uh, scored a hat trick. We scored all, f- um, he scored all three of his goals in the first half so uh, brilliant entertainment there on a Friday night if you did happen to go down to Craven Cottage uh, to go see that one uh, and we got Louis Wardock on the phone on the Love Sport Radio fan show uh, to give us a bit of an insight into what happened on Friday night and the under 23s in general and he started I think
0: something we've all seen, we've all heard about over the past couple of years is Matt O'Reilly and I think he's probably the easiest place to start. Without a doubt against Reading, he was a cut above the rest and his control in midfield is just magic. To be honest, Luca De La Torre as well. We've seen him break into the first team before. He played a handful of championship games promotion season and honestly if those two break into the first team this year I would not be surprised in the slightest.
3: Also you we speak about Delatorre. he's been, you know, in and out of the first team in the sort of League Cup games and FA Cup games for a few seasons now. Do you think is it getting to breaking point with him or do you think he's still got time in the in the under 23s to develop?
0: I think there's still time. I mean, I expected him to be in and around the first team a bit more last season, but he picked up quite a bad injury just after the Millwall game in the League Cup where he got his first senior goal and two assists. So I think that's potentially put him back a bit, but I expect Scott Parker will be bringing him in this season. And if not, then perhaps it, it will be for him to decide if he wants to fly his trade elsewhere. If we look at
3: obviously Martel Taylor, obviously we signed him from Chelsea on that free transfer in the summer, uh, bagged the hat-trick, it was, I think it was earlier in the week or on the weekend. Has he settled in that well? And obviously... You know, we don't really have a number nine option behind Mitrovic, bar you look at Kamari, look at Bobby Reeb, I don't really see any of them as out and out number nines. Do you think it's in his setting his sights on before, before the end of the season he wants to maybe be that backup striker on the bench?
0: I think so. Um, and we knew how well he was going to fit in from his debut pre-season where he landed in Portugal an hour later, started a game and then scored. And the hat-trick last Friday sort of cemented that a bit for me that he knows that this is the right place for him, and depending on the, the third round of the FA Cup, depending on who we draw, I wouldn't be surprised to see him starting
3: with with Martel Tella So, what type of striker is he? Is he someone who's going to, you know, get in behind the backline? Defenses a bit dissimilar to Mitrovic, or do you think he could play that role in holding the ball up and playing in the likes of the wide players such as you know Bobby Reed, Anthony Nockar and Ivan
0: Cavaliero? I think, to be honest, he's, he's got some versatility. I mean, two of his goals were tap-ins, but he had the awareness to be in the right place at the right time. The other was very well taken and took on a very seasoned professional, Chris Gunter, to, to be able to slot it home. But the other side of his game, he did sort of drop back a bit and let Sonny Hilton go forward and let uh, the wide players, Harrison De La Torre, sort of be more involved in the attack. And he was trying to sort of be a bit more of a playmaker, and when it went wrong, he was not afraid to spring back and try and undo any mistake he made, which is something we possibly haven't seen from strikers in the past with Fulham,
3: Obviously we signed, you know, Harrison Reid and in- Harry Arta in, in the summer transfer window. Do you what do you what did you make of it? Because obviously we have Matt O'Reilly and De La Torre who can play in the centre of the park. Obviously De La Torre a lot further forward. Do you think it it was necessary to sign both of them, or do you think maybe, you know, we could only have we could have just gone with Harrison Reid and then if we needed that player in the middle of the park, we could have brought in someone like Matt O'Reilly? Because there's, there's the ability is clearly there, you know. It the, the teams we've been courting his signature has been endless, you know, Manchester United, Paris Saint Germain, Juventus, Spurs. It, the
0: list is endless. Personally, yeah, I think Harrison Reid would have been enough. I don't think we needed both him and Arta, and like you said, I think O'Reilly could have filled that role, and actually another one that was looking likely from the game against Reading was Ben Davis, and he'd sort of been touted as a future star, sort of midway through last season, he was hitting headlines for different reasons in terms of not being able to go back to Singapore for national service, but O'Reilly I genuinely think is a very good option, and if we're in the championship next season, God forbid we won't be. But if we are, he should be starting every week.
3: And, you know, one other player I want to talk about is obviously Marlon Fossey, because obviously he had that terrible injury towards the end of last season, uh, Sorry, at the beginning of last season, which kept him out for most of the season. How has he adapted back uh, to life in the Under-23 since he came back from such a bad injury?
0: He seems to be pretty well. He didn't feature against Reading um, last week, but towards the back end of last season when he was making his comeback, as was Alfie Mawson in the same game, the last time we played Reading at the Cottage um, for the 23s I thought he looked no different to what he was before the injury he was just as strong just as willing to get stuck in and to be honest I think that's sort of what you need for for a right back just fearless
3: One thing I've always thought about Academy is that We've seen so many sort of attacking players come through and midfielders. Are there any promising defenders come through? Because you can speak to the likes of, obviously, Jordan Evans. But then he he was seemed to be maybe coming through and maybe as a very promising left but He ended up becoming a barber, I think it was. And then and then and then you've got you know there will talk about Aaron Davis, but that never happened with him. I see Jerome Poku's been on recent preseason tours. Are there? Uh, is it just simply not as much quality in the defensive areas?
0: Potentially, but. A poker is obviously now at Stanley and he's getting minutes there and their fans are raving about him but I think the one of the under 23 at the moment is Moritz Jens and he, he is an absolute rock at the back he is completely unfazed every ball that Reading put forward he cleared and sort of reminded me a bit of a well slightly taller Tim Ream in that he was getting every interception and he was just so calm and confident it's I wouldn't be surprised to see him make that avenue, maybe pre-season next year.
1: Well, Louis, we've been asking you about all the academy prospects, but I just want to quickly turn your attention to the game on the weekend. It is Wigan. Can they stop those three successive draws? They don't want to make it four. What is your prediction before we look
3: at the Wigan game?
0: To be honest, I think we should win fairly easily. I don't want to jinx it, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the sort of shades of the game against Blackburn, that kind of not my massive scoreline but comfortable
1: Fulhamish has teamed up once again with Beer 52 to offer you guys a free crate of craft beer just go to beer52.com forward slash Fulham and all you need to do is pay the postage and packaging which is five ninety five, and you get a free crate of 8 delicious craft beers from all around the world there's no minimum commitment you can just buy the free case try the beers and see what you think and if it's not for you you can pause or cancel any time so go to dot 52com forward slash Fulham and claim your free case today.
4: Hello and welcome to the Fulhamish Extra Podcast. I'm George Cooper and I am absolutely delighted to be joined by Ian Davy, who's part of the Fulham Disabled Supporters Association. Ian, how you doing, mate? Really good,
5: thank you very much. And uh, yeah, thanks very much for for making the time and, uh, and getting in touch. Really appreciated.
4: No, uh, absolutely no problem whatsoever. It's an incredibly worthy cause, and we're we're so happy to get you on. You know, we want to give uh, the association as much coverage as possible. So, I guess we'll get straight into things. Can you explain um, a little bit to us what the Fulham Disabled Supporters Association do? Sure,
5: no problem. It was uh, it, it was one of the early uh sort of questions we sort of when we first met we sort of sat around and sort of sort of, what, are, what are we you know what do we do you know we 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 all have sort of some great ideas and some enthusiasm but you know if somebody was to say what do you do what you know what would it be so you know we sort of we, we thought about what it uh, uh what our, our purpose was and how we could uh, help others and really sort of we have an objective statement is uh, the DSA would coordinate and communicate the views, the ideas and the concerns of flu supporters with both physical and hidden disabilities and provide them with the best possible match to experience both home and away um, and that's kind of our you know, sort of a guiding principle is that you know we want to be the voice uh, to, to, and a helping hand for Fulham fans who either don't quite know where to go to, where to turn, or maybe just a little bit shy or not confident enough to approach the club or any other organization directly. So that's really sort of what we are as a as a as a group. You know, that there are several. You know, there's there's, there's uh, several DSAs of football clubs all around the country, and I'm sure each of them has their yeah. own. Separate sort of uh, uh, purpose and view, but from what we've seen as as Fulham supporters, this is you know what we think we can add to uh, to the to the the fans out there. You know,
4: fantastic. So uh, I just want to understand a little bit. Are you part of the club currently, or are you an independent organisation?
5: Totally independent. It's a great question. We are completely independent of the club. it's um, uh, the club itself. It was, was reviewed their sort of fans' charter uh, during last season, and, and you know they spotted it as there was a gap that they didn't have a disabled sports association that they should deal with, either, you know, as, a, as a, you know as a, as a group of people to bounce things off and, and a group of people to represent. Disabled supporters who who follow Fulham. So, you know, they approached people within uh, uh, you know, the disabled uh, community within Fulham and asked if this is something that could be could be set up, which we did. And the group itself are, yeah, you we know, just Fulham fans. You know, we we have no yeah. special skills or or or, uh, or or anything to bear other than being Fulham supporters, mostly season ticket many sort of away fans as well um and we sort of came together um as uh, to, to set up the dsa as an independent voice we we work incredibly closely with the club but we are separate from the club we are our own organization uh and we act completely independently of the club you know Fantastic.
4: I'm, I mean, it's, it's great to hear that you've got that such close relationship with our beloved mm. club and that you're yeah. working together to improve yeah. the, the match day and overall Fulham experience for, for people that, you know, might not mm. have the confidence or the voice to, to make such yeah. demands. If, if they have a little query, something that they feel mm. that the club could be doing better, um, yeah. no, it's absolutely fantastic what you're doing. So, Ian, what's, mm. your, what's your role with the, with the
5: with Fulham DSA? Yeah, so I'm the, uh, I'm the secretary. So uh, I'm the uh, I'm, I'm basically sort of look to sort of communicate. So hence you know I'm sort of delighted to be involved with this. But the, the, you know, the, the face a,
4: the face of the organisation, the voice, the
5: oh voice. the voice, <laughs> the 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 the, uh, the the text voice of the of the organisation. <laughs> no, we have a our chairman is a gentleman called Mark Davis uh, who. Um, He's the uh, he's the chairman of the or the chairperson of the uh, of the DSA. Uh, I'm the secretary, and that's kind of it. You know, we don't we don't raise funds. We don't have a treasurer. We don't. You know, we're not burdened with with a load of sort of bureaucracy. Yep. It's sort of me and Mark and a bunch of really enthusiastic uh, uh, members of the committee who we you know we meet once a month. Uh, either at Motsworth Park or at the cottage. Um, we speak, you know, almost daily, uh, through sort of, you know, emails and, and, uh, and WhatsApp messages. And, you know, we communicate all the time, but, um, you know, it's myself and Mark, uh, uh chairman, uh, and secretary. And then we just have a, a, you know, some great people who, uh, voice their opinions and, and, and help, uh, as, um, it's, Help you know, with the sort of running and the uh, the, the management and the uh, and the actions that we have within, within the DSA, you know.
4: Fantastic. So, uh, when when did the DSA found? How long how long has this organisation been running? Oh,
5: yes, yeah, a good point. It was not long. Um, you know, we we only met for the first time. I think it was in December. We met for the wow. first time, and uh, so really new. Um, and uh, we officially only launched in, at the end of August at the, at the Forest Day. Uh, because prior to that, we sort of bounced around a few ideas about, you know, again, who are we? What do we do? What is impo- What are our priorities? And, you know, we, we sort of thought it would be it would be important to get a couple of, you know, small victories, a couple of small sort of wins that would give us some sort of uh, credibility with, with, both with sort of uh, uh, the, the, the sort of wider supporters in, in general, but also with the club, you know, ensure that we can, we can, you know, we can actually uh, um, bring around something meaningful and, you know, we've done, you know, we, we we've actioned a few sort of items with the club, uh, but realistically we're, we're pretty new and we are, you know, we're on the lookout for more and more people to, uh, to get in touch with us and, uh, and contribute, you know, we, we, we have not got all the skills and all the answers in the group we have at the moment. And we would love for some uh, people to sort of join us and sort of bring the uh, bring the sort of knowledge and skills that they have to hopefully help the DSA as well, you know. But yeah, we're, we're a pretty new organisation.
4: No, absolutely. And I hope, I know mean, we'll do another shout out at the end, but any Fulhamish listeners who, who feel mm. like they'd like to contribute, you know, disabled supporters mm. or otherwise, if you feel like you have a mm. certain skill set in which you could help, move the association forward, then, mm. uh, yeah, definitely get in touch, get in touch. So, That's as you correct. said, very, very early days for you. You only sort mm. of started, found, founded in December. Do you, mm. what progress do you feel like you've made so far? Have you it's, had any um, of those small victories?
5: We have actually, we have, we've had sort of, we, we've, we've been quite pleased with what's happened so far. You know, as you said, we've been, you know, we, we, we're independent of the club. We, we class ourselves as critical friends of the club, but you know I can't sort of out enough the sort of the uh, uh, the, um, the support the club gives to us and, and help and we you know we've we've we the reason one of the main reasons we came together was for the when the uh, is the riverside is the riverside uh, building. Yeah, so obviously you know there's a, 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 a you know a number, a, a big number of disabled supporters who sit there. who had to be reallocated, you know, seats had to, to to sit somewhere else, and facilities had to be taken into to to account and taken care of. And you know, we watch with the club to help manage that. And you know, I'd like to say you know nothing's ever ever perfect, but you know. Uh, we believe that all disabled supporters that that uh, that did sit in the Riverside were relocated to some place that they feel happy with for the two years that um, uh, that they're going to be there. So that was a real success, and it showed sort of that we could we could deliver something um, something positive. It showed that we could work with the club, and that was really good. And you know, one of the other things as well is away tickets um, and where disabled supporters sit. You know, disabled sports can sit in you know anywhere in an away. Uh, in the away allocation, and you know it's like away games. You know, people stand up. People stand up at away matches, and yeah. it's kind of how it is. And trying to get sort of you know several hundred Fulham fans to sit down is is, is difficult. So what we did with the club is introduce that the first four rows of all away allocations are allocated for disabled supporters. So if a if a disabled supporter calls up the club for an away ticket they are allocated one of those front four roles. So they know they can they get an uninterrupted view of the game. And it's a really, it's not much, you know, it might not seem much, but it's a big deal knowing that you're going away and you are, you know, you're going to get a view of the game, not, you know, not somebody's backside. So, um, you know, that's a really positive one. And one of the other uh, uh, positive uh, uh, changes we've made or additions made is the introduction of the sunflower lanyards, uh, which are a, it's a, a nationwide program. It's brought in by the airport several years ago, uh, and it's a way of the wearers uh, identifying themselves as having hidden disabilities, such as autism, such as ADHD. Um, uh, it, 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 if a wearer chooses to, somebody chooses to wear them, then they are identified by stewards and helpers in the club of saying, you know, this person is doesn't have a, a, a visible disability, but may need additional care, help, support, uh, and just, you know, just a little bit more attention. And it may help other fans explain why, you know, maybe certain supporters act a certain way they do. You know, don't have to wear them. You don't want to wear them. But we are, I think, I think we're the second club, only the second club in the 92 that have introduced this. So we're pretty proud that, you know, Fulham have taken the lead to do that. And, you know, hopefully we'll start seeing some, you start seeing the fl- sunflower lanyards around the cottage um, pretty soon because that only launched uh, last month. So you know we, we've already made some sort of some some progress. We feel positive progress, which is uh, which is which is great, which is oh, really good.
4: Fantastic! It's good to hear that Fulham are being pioneers with this in this field as well. It's always yeah. flying the flag for yeah. Fulham. So you touched yeah, upon the, the experience for away supporters, which is obviously mm. a very important. Something we need to consider. How how do you work with other fan groups to make sure that Fulham t- supporters who are visiting um, other grounds and choose to go away, or have the reciprocated treatment that that we're we giving. Um, it's a good of. point, and we tend
5: to sort of we tend to sort of do it over uh, over social media, over Twitter. Um, you know, we you, you go out there, and there's a, there's a very open, very welcoming, and a very uh, active community of other disabled supporters associations. You know, not all clubs have them, but many clubs do. And so, what we started to introduce this season is. You know, you can go on to, you know, uh, you know, Barnsley have on Huddersfield have had the Sheffield Wednesday. You go onto their websites and they have information specifically to disab- for disabled supporters. So we're now tweeting out a couple of days before the away games. Hey, this is you know, if you're a disabled supporter, here's the accessibility guides for oakwell for you know for for for, for, uh, for hillsborough um and we're doing the same as well for other fans so again a couple of days beforehand we send out information you know uh uh, uh tagging in sort of the uh, if not the dsa of a club but certainly the club's official twitter feed if anyone's coming to visit the cottage this is the accessibility guide for uh for, for, for around the ground um, and hopefully that helps. And we got a lot of positive sort of responses from that, uh, which is good. So, you know, it, it's a community of, uh, of like minded, helpful people. Um, First, we were active participants in the, uh, with Level Playing Field. Level Playing Field are independent organizations who work to help disabled associations specifically in sport and for instance they had the London Forum at the Oval on Friday uh, we were there we're with the DSAs from, from Wimbledon from Palace from QPR Tottenham were there Luton um, we all got together, sort of shared ideas, shared thoughts. Actually, Fulham, the founding of Fulham's DSA was held up as a case study for, you know, best practice in, in setting up DSA. So that was really, again, that was, uh, that, that was great to be sort of held up and, uh, and, um, and discussed. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, we can do more. You know, we absolutely can. What we'd like to do going forward is, you know, want to give a full access of somebody coming off a, you know, somebody getting off a, a, a Putney Bridge Tube. Where's the, where's the pubs you can go to? What cafes can you mm. go to? Where, where is it? All the important you know, things. In, absolutely. <laughs> where, can you feed, where can you feed and drink? Um, so, you know, uh, just to try and add to it. So certainly as we, as we, as we evolve, you know, working with other, we think that's going to help other fan groups um, to, uh, in their experience of craving Cottage, and hopefully that's reciprocated. Uh, when, uh, when when we travel away as well, you know?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it's absolutely fantastic the work that you're doing and it's something that yourselves and the, and the club should be proud of that we're providing these facilities and these um, opportunities for, for supporters that might be less able. And yeah, in, in nine short months to have made this much ground and, you know, they're using your uh, association as a blueprint for other clubs is, is fantastic, the work that you're doing is, is just great um, so yeah, it, how do disabled uh, supporters that are listening to Fulhamish get in touch with you guys um, if um, they want uh, to find out more about your association
5: so yeah, uh, email address is uh, followdsa at gmail.com that's a really easy way to get to pictures. but w- we are just seeing so much traffic at the moment for our twitter feed so that's for, it's at DSA. You know, really DSA. simple at Fulham DSA. That's that's where we're at. And you know, if somebody wants to drop us a note, if we can. You know, we can. We want it more sort of uh, uh, sort of one to one. The email address is, uh, uh, is 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 great as well. But yeah, it's at Fulham DSA or uh, Fulham DSA at gmail dot com is uh, is where people can reach out to us.
4: Fantastic. and we'll put the uh, put those details in the description for this podcast as well if uh, if, um, if supporters want to get in touch that way, but yeah, Ian, no thank problem. you so much for your time and for what no you're bother. doing for the club and for all those supporters out there it's it's really top top work um yeah you're of debut as well. I hope maybe we'll uh, speak right. to you again at some point.
5: <laughs> Thanks very much.
1: Appreciate it. Amazing. Well, thank you so much to George and of course to Ian from the newly formed Fulham Disabled Supporters Association. Such important work they're doing. Um, It's great to see uh, people really looking out for every supporter at Fulham and those kind of organisations are absolutely vital resource and I think what we're seeing uh, with things like the sunflower lanyards is just the beginning of the great work that they're going to do. If you have uh, any questions or you'd like to get in contact with the fulham disabled supporters association at fulham dsa on twitter is the place to find them or fulham dsa at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with the disabled supporters association so uh, thank you very much to george and to ian so that is all for fulhamish extra this week uh, we will be returning either on sunday or on monday Uh, with a review from the Wigan match, TBC at the moment. Uh, But definitely uh, there will be a normal podcast at some point early next week for you to tuck into, looking back after what we hope will be a successful outing at the Cottage uh, against Wigan. If you're off to the match, hope you enjoy it. If you're watching wherever you are around the world, hope you enjoy it too and are able to uh, find it somewhere to watch it. Uh, and we will catch you very soon thank you to everyone that's taken part in tonight's podcast and come on your whites